All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome to the Football Link Up, ladies and gents. We have a special international international break special edition, and um, I'm I'm not even too sure what to title this session. I think maybe I'll decide fully at the end, but I'm going to go with racism, England, and the mafia. Um, the title. You you be you be forgiven for thinking. Uh, what's got uh, what's that got to do with football? But yeah, I'm going to lead him with racism um, in modern sport. Um, welcome, AK, as well. Welcome, hello, everyone, as well. Must have me on. All right. So we saw this week um, Thierry Henry, and uh, I actually caught the tweet um, on my feed, and he basically said, I'm, I'm going to cut off social media. You know, I'm turning off. Um, the authorities have done enough. The uh, the big companies have done enough. Your Twitter, your Facebooks and whatnot. And we shouldn't have to be abused or we shouldn't have to have to bear racial abuse online. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. My thoughts are that um, the, when I first saw the... Um, the, um, the articles online, my first thought was that this problem has all been there, but because of the lockdown and the current circumstances, it's exacerbated, you know what I mean? Because it's just gotten worse because people are frustrated. Mm-hmm. So they're taking out their frustration and their true colours are coming out. It's a problem that's always been there and it's just intensified now it's in the lockdown and people are frustrated and people are losing their jobs. And the way I saw it is, is that because those people were getting um, media headlines, more people started to do it just for the sake of it. I think some people find it as like a little game. And because they know it affects the footballers, they do it more. So my thing was that um, the footballers have a responsibility to either completely ignore it, take yourself to social media like Thierry Henry did, or deal with it, but not let it affect you. Because I feel like some people are doing it just for the fun of it because they're born in lockdown or they're going through whatever they're going through and they're taking out their frustration in this way. And that's what I think of it. See, do you think do you think there could be a bit of the other side as well, that because of the lockdown, because of the boredom and because, you know, <laughs> it's just easy to just get on your phone and get on social media to see what's going on, that... The footballers themselves are feeling it more as well because, you know, I'm sure they get this abuse every match. It wouldn't surprise me if people haven't been getting... If Danny Welbert must have got a hell of a lot of abuse as a, as a Man United football player. I'm sure many black football players get um, this kind of abuse every single game. And this is what Thierry Henry was talking about, that, you know, we shouldn't have to put up with it, you know, because I think... That is the status quo at the moment is that, you know, we're going to put up with it. We're just going to ignore it. Um, it just, um, a couple of the shows I watch, um, you guys, you know already. And even though we have our own podcast here, it's not a problem to mention the fact that I watch the United Stand. And I've been there live um, and seen the comments towards uh, Flex and to KG in the comments saying that, you know, calling them the N-word and, and all sorts, you know. And my... My opinion on this is, is, is complicated. I mean, the first thing is, is that one are people that 
are doing it, are they, are they truly racist? That's, that's one thing. I'm sure you have people out there that are out and out racists. You know, they believe that, you know, black people should be slaves and whatever it is. And then you've got people who do it because they know it's a form of abuse that's going to really work. It's going to get at someone. You know, if I say, if I say, you know, you're crap or you're, you're rubbish, you know, I might not get, you know, the attention. But if I call you something as well as call you terrible and this and that, you might react. You might even block me. That's like, you know, these people are either, like you mentioned, they're looking for the attention. But my, my thing now is what do, what is the solution? Is there a solution? In my opinion, it, it, because it's social media, it just makes it harder. I think when there were crowds and people being racist, it was easier to identify them. Um, because mm-hmm. Obviously, they were in the real world. But because it's on social media, you don't even know who these people are. You don't know if it's a white man, a black man, an Asian man. You don't even know if they're racist, really. You don't know if they say what their motive behind them saying. You don't even know, who, and you don't know who they are. So it is a bit. I was thinking myself. I was thinking, right? You got all these people being racist. Now, if you try mm-hmm. to deal with it, now people are gonna try and start a little battle of, okay, let's see how much people can be racist on social media, and you know, cause an effect before we get blocked or something's done with. Because on social media. That's why I think the problem hasn't been solved because social media is just so complicated. And I think that most people, it gets to a point where they just have to come off the platform because you don't know who these people are. The only thing you can do is block them. You can't actually go and, you know, unless you've got, you know, certain details about them, you can't actually go and deal with it properly. You just have to... You know, I've got got like a funny example. I know it's not a funny subject, but... My uncle used to play um, professional basketball mm-hmm. and um, well, obviously he's significantly older than I am. And he used to play Europe mm-hmm. and some, and, and at some point in time. And he said, he said, you know, he would have them throw bananas at him on the, on the basketball court. They throw bananas and nobody's getting caught and nobody's getting told off or whatever. Throwing Pepsi or, you know, Coke all over you as you're going back into the dressing rooms, mm-hmm. uh, particularly black players. And that made him not want to stay in any of those European countries. He would do his best to get home every weekend. And it's like social media is like, I feel like it's worse because, let me finish this, let me land here. I feel like it's worse because you can see who's throwing the banana. All right. You can put a face, you can put a face to it. You can put a person to it. But let's say you're performing and you're just getting thrown you know, bananas are getting thrown at your left, right, and center, but all you can see are your friends, or it's just dark. You can't see anyone. You can't see anybody, but you're being hit all over the place, and your back, and your your front, wherever you're being hit. That's what social media is like, and you can't control um, social media. Social media is created, it was created so people can air their opinions as, you know, such thing as freedom of speech and all sorts of stuff like freedom of hate and all sorts of craziness. Um, but I I thought of a solution the other day. And the problem is, is that this solution means that social media will never be the same again. I mean, I don't think I'd go into social media with this solution. And that is that to make a social media account, you must link your national ID. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. your passport or license or, yeah. you know, where we have national IDs, but in the UK, your passport, if you don't have your passport, your national insurance number, something that uniquely identifies you. And for me, if that were to happen, social media would be a cleaner place. But again, social media would be a place where people don't want to be because, you know, you're, you know, nobody wants everybody to know what you're saying. So the fact that it can be traced back to you, everything you say, makes it actually dangerous. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the thing. But it, it just, it, and, and that thing you just said there, it, it starts to creep into other, um, other avenues of, um, outside of um, social media, like confidentiality. So uh, it, it, that's why I say it's tricky because that, that, is, that is a solution, but at the same time, it's going to cause another issue. It can cause another issue, not it's going to. It can cause mm-hmm. another issue where people start to feel as if though their privacy is being invaded. Uh, yeah, because it really is. I mean, I mean, think about it now. Like everyone's privacy or privacy, or we say, is has already been invaded. You know, if you were to, you know, take off our Tim Four caps or whatever, as they say, mm-hmm. um, you know, all your data is out there in the world, but to have it so apparent and so in your face that you want to sign up for Twitter, what's your national ID? And you're not going to be able to continue until it's verified. That there is alone is something that, you know, it's crazy. But I've not, there's another thing I've noticed. Um, I had a friend on Discord. I don't know if you've used Discord before. Uh, it's for, for gaming or whatnot. It's, it's like in a very advanced WhatsApp, right? And he left our gaming clan. Right, and then I tried to message him, and he had a feature on that nobody could message him unless they were his friend. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is occurring on things like Twitter uh, at the moment. They're putting in these things where you can, you can, you only see mentions or you only see comments, or the only people that can respond to your posts are your friends. Again it limits your social media usage. It's not the same as before. However, this is, um, I suppose, a measure that can be used. Um, but then again, it closes up all us to the rest of the world again. That's the thing, though. I mean, like, sometimes you have to take matters into your own hands because I was going to say, like, with what you said before, what I will say is it's not, it's not a bad idea in terms of, if you look at it from the angle of, if people carry on doing that, then you could say they've kind of brought it on themselves. Like, we have to do this now because this keeps on happening. Like, when you were younger, mm-hmm. your mom and dad might, you know, tell you off or they might, you know, you know um, reprimand you in a certain way and they say to you, you brought, and you know you brought that on yourself because of your behaviour. So yeah. you could look at it from that angle. Um, and what you just said there, I remember Tyson Fury did that after he beat Deontay Wilder and I think they were saying he had something in his gloves. Some outrageous thing yeah. and he had something in his gloves. So what he actually did is he he actually took off all his friends. He had three friends, three friends, and I think it was top rank, uh, BT Sports, someone else, and only they could send messages. So when you go on his post, you see a lot of different likes, like four thousand, four hundred thousand, whatever, but you'd only see three comments. And what that mm. what that done is it like what you said, only his friends were allowed to send comments and you didn't see all those comments uh, about his gloves and all this other rubbish that was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. 
So that is something people can look at because at the end of the day, um, if they're not going to stop anytime soon, they're not going to stop by you telling them, they're not going to stop by you threatening them, they're going to stop by you taking action. So you have to take some action along the way, whether you're doing that, whether you come on social media. To be honest, I think the state of social media, I think it's down to the per, uh, the person's own decision, whether they, how they're going to yeah. deal with it. And they have to deal how with How they can cope. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Um, because if yeah, you... I, I think it's funny actually. There was um, uh, somebody, uh, I knew, you know him as well, actually, someone, someone a bit older than that. I remember him talking about, yeah, again, you know him, but he's a very erratic footballer, to say the least. And he he mentioned to me once that, he said, you know, the reason why um, I play like that, or the reason why I play like 100% in, even though we play in six aside and seven aside, he said it's because, you know, growing up, he said, all the frustration that we had with regard to, you know, racism and racist abuse, that used to, that used to come out, or that was a chance to express that was within uh, football. So every tackle, every completely nuts tackle or thing that he used to do, it was just a, a release of the aggression. You know, a release, a release, a release of, you know, all of the pain or the, I don't know, I don't know how I'd say that, but, you know, all the feelings that have been pent up to do with racism and racist abuse. And the funny thing is that when it comes to sport, it's, uh, it's often, you know, not overlooked, but it's not taken seriously. I mean, this, this taken knee at the start of games is ridiculous, in my opinion, personally. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't, I don't think it makes a difference at all. You know, uh, you know the Black Lives Matter campaign. I've, 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 I remember I've grown up seeing the name kick it out and seeing them not do anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's effectively... I think, you know, the people who have actually made the most waves are the footballers themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it is... It, I mean, I don't want to go too into it because obviously my my views on all of that might, you know, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But my mm-hmm. view on all of that is that those those um, organizations are only going to do a certain amount. They they're only ever going to do a certain amount for you. Yeah, that's just how mm-hmm. in, in in real life. They're never going to go full on a full out campaign to completely eradicate racism. Why? Because the nature of these countries is that, unfortunately, racism pervades in society. It's just like I said before, it's um, it's very, um, it's different now. It's not so much in your face because in a place yeah. like football, you've got more black footballers. So they've had to change their tune a little bit. And that doesn't mean the racism mm-hmm. is gone. It's still there. It's just that People accept you more because you play for England or you play for Man United or you play for Man City. So, like, yeah. that's why I mentioned in a lot that when you start playing badly now, it all comes, it all comes to the forefront. So, I, what you need to do, the people that actually, the ethnic groups that are actually, actually suffering themselves need to come together and actually do something for themselves. Because, like I, like I said, you cannot rely on those um, organisations. Those organisations mm-hmm. are partly there to look good. 
to to put on the front. That's just how it is. Their main their main um their main endeavor is to make money and to save face. That's what it's about. So mm-hmm. I think that as footballers, uh, as those those um footballers that are experiencing abuse, not just black footballers, any footballers need to come together and do something about it for themselves and make people aware for themselves because really and truly only they really know what it feels like as a footballer to feel that abuse. Those people in those corporations don't really know. They're just they're there to make money and save face. That's why I think. Yeah, yeah. There was um I think it was um uh, Gareth Bale. He also came out and he mentioned, you know, I didn't even read the article because I thought, you know, I looked at the title and thought it's going to be a waste of my time. And he he meant, he must have mentioned about, you know, if there's something organised, you know, with regard to Thierry Henry's um, boycott of social media, then he would, you know, join. And I thought, I thought to myself, you know what? It would be so fantastic if footballers as a whole, black, white, Asian, whatever they are, they all just came together and said, you know what? Until we get protected, mm-hmm. there's no social media. Yeah. None. Mm-hmm. We're going to protect ourselves. We're going to come off social media completely. And and also, the, the, the thing about the Gareth Bale thing was, you know, we're not criticizing Bale or anything. Why, do, why does it need to be something organized? Just come off. Yeah. Done. You want to support it? Come off. You know, the clubs lose money. Believe it. They lose money. Someone like Pogba, Ronaldo, you know, them being on social media is is money, is clicks, is generated clicks. They're wearing a United kit or they're wearing whatever kit all the time. If they come off social media, that affects their values. It affects the values that they're for. You know? So, um, yeah, I just don't think it needs to be something that they organise. We've had these boycotts, remember? We've had these... We've had these uh, posts in a black image and, and stuff like that. It's useless. It happens for a week. Yeah. You know, it happens for a day or so, or whatever, and it's, it's rubbish. I remember once, I think, was it Rashford? I think Rashford was part of something like that. Yeah, um, yeah it's just depressing, really. It's just depressing. You, you look at the world and all the, the possible fun you can have. And, you know, there are bigger things than football, of course. You know, um, there are bigger, a lot bigger things. But it's just when you see... A sport like football, just entertainment, turn into some, you know, this racist circus. It's, it's, uh, it's a topic that we had to speak on anyway, because yeah. you know we've got the time to, we've got the time to. Man United aren't playing, and international football is dead. So <laughs> we need, we need, we need, we need to speak about the real matters, um, which brings us nicely into the next matter, which is closer to football. And this is the part of the title that I'm going to label a mafia. Now, um, there are a lot of, you know, shady things that happen in football over the years. You know, whether that be match fixing and, and those, that, that, that kind of thing. I saw a story today. Um, like you said already before the show, you haven't seen the story. And it was by our favorite agent of them all. I bet you can guess. Uh, is it Don Min- Mino Riola? Don Riola, Riola himself. I'll, 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 I'll quote it. I can't actually quote it because he uses expletives. I can't actually quote it. But Mino Riola says he does not give a... You can guess what he says. If he, does, if he never does business with Manchester United again. This is the headline. Yeah. 
Uh, right? I'll give you another quote. I'll give you another quote in there. Um, uh, where is it now? I'm actually looking at it now. He said, he said, with Ferguson and Guardiola, I have this problem. And I think that it is changing now that we should submit to them because otherwise tomorrow you don't do a play with Manchester United. Basically, um, this conversation that I want to open up is, is as to the power in football. Okay. Um, a, a man like Mino Raiola has, is, has been given um, by the athletic. The athletics are very, very credible, good, um, it's a sub- subscription-based newspaper, I believe, freelance journalist. Um, he's been given a platform to say these kind of things, to say directly, you know, you know you're know, you calling a man out. You know what I mean? He's, he's calling a man out. He's called out Ferguson. He's called out Guardiola. And, you know, name-checked him, saying that, you know, that these guys don't like what I do, but I don't care. You know, I, I, I don't care. As long as my clients love me, that's all I care about. And it's it's strangely weird. I remember Ferguson not liking to, not liking dealing with um, um, third party owned. You know when there was like third parties and companies in 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 a player and stuff like that, like the Tevez deal. Yeah. Um, never really liked him. Man United never liked dealing with them. And obviously, um, Sir Alex had a certain opinion of of them, and he definitely had an opinion of Rayola. But Rayola has the best players on his books, which means, as far as I'm concerned, he has all the power. And he's literally, literally nothing else. A very good one, though. Yeah. So, (laughs) those football legends are like boxing promoters, right? So, um, Mm -hmm. about money... From young, from young, players from young as well. That's that's the thing, like, that is... Not because he just, you know, he doesn't care. He said that because he knows he's got a certain level of power. And just like those boxing promoters, when they start getting a certain level of power, they start to, you know, make their own rules and, you know, say you have to work by this or, you know, you have to, if you want to do this, come see me and this is how we're going to do it. Instead of going by how things normally are and what you said about third party, I think that, that's where a lot of the issues come in with football anyway, especially with transfers where a third party always is always speaking to someone somewhere along the, um, the along the deal, which makes it harder between the two parties involved. And I think with Riola... Yeah, and money, and money as well though, because the amount of money that Mino is um, collecting every deal... Is ridiculous, and you can see the manipulation of deals. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I could imagine him going to Pogba like right at the beginning and saying, "Listen, I'm going to take you somewhere, and you're going to be fantastic. And in three years, you're going to make loads of money. I'm going to make loads of money, and you can go somewhere else for two years, and then we're going to move again, and we're going to get loads of money, and we can do about three or four big deals in your career." And I'm going to set you up for life. And I can see why a footballer would sign up with it. I can see why. But it's, it's, you know, as fans, as supporters of a football club, we don't support players. At least we're not supposed to, per se. You know, we support the team. We support, you know, you know this is a Manchester United. 
mainly uh, base channel. And we support the team. We don't support players. However, Mina Raiola and agents like him, I'm not saying there are loads of agents like him, but agents are a massive part of football now. And they are, you know, they're all about the player. And this is what he made abundantly clear. He said, he said, uh, he insists, however, his priority will always be his client, even if it costs him relationships with clubs like Manchester United. Yes. You know, he said, we have only one party that we take care of, our players. And as long as our players like us, you do what you have to do. See, the thing is, he's not actually wrong when he's, he's mm-hmm. not wrong because why should he care about the football club? He doesn't play for them. They don't, they don't give him his wages. His money, yeah. his money and his, he earns his keep by getting those deals done for the player, not for, not for the club. It's the player he goes through. So I can understand why he said that. But on the Manchester United's behalf and Manchester City's behalf, he is not benefiting them and he's called, he's a nuisance to them. So it's just a case of really the clubs not doing business with him uh, at that moment in time. Or it's a case of that player who maybe wants to play for that football club, cutting ties with him. But like you said, he might be someone who makes a lot of money for people. He just might be like, might be that yeah. guy. That's just... <laughs> you know, at the moment, he's, he's mentioned that... I... And nobody's really mentioned this, you know, because it's, it's generally a dig at Manchester United because Pogba involved. But, you know, Manchester City um, have been completely ruthless and not renewed Aguero's contract. Yeah. All right. And they haven't been playing with a striker all season, pretty much. And Gabriel Jesus gets in some games. But some games they don't play as a striker at all and they're still going to smash the league in bits. Mm-hmm. They are looking or they want... Uh, it's been mentioned anyway. They're one of the clubs that are after Haaland. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get him. I don't even, I'm not even going to entertain the conversation. But Manchester City, you know, the fact that he's at a dig at Guardiola, I feel like something may have happened there also. Mm-hmm. Um, that Guardiola doesn't really want to deal with him. And he doesn't have, none of Mino's players are at Manchester City that I know of um, at the moment. I, I just I got this feeling that Guardiola is much like Alex Ferguson in that regard, where he's very staunch in his beliefs. Yeah, he's a, and he's, he's not going to. Um, you know, he's a manager by principle. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know, you've seen managers over mm-hmm. the years. Um, you know, not abide by their principles like they should. Like for example, not, not I shouldn't say that they. They wave on their principles. You know, when Manchin Evans didn't come to Manchin, he said he's never plays how many months later. Only gonna saw, you know, yeah. Pogba say Pogba's agent um saying that what have you said about Man United and him still playing Pogba, whereas in Guardiola and Ferguson, if you say anything against you're not bigger than the club, if you say anything against the club, that's it. You're getting hanged and you're staying hanged yeah. unless someone and until someone takes yeah. your new off and they ain't taking your new off. So I think that's what it is. Them, them, them managers do not mess around because they understand that once you lose control, once you lose control, you lose everything. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, you make you made a good point though. Even though, even though, like you know, I've labelled it the mafia. You know, at the end of the day, it might not be business that the clubs like clubs like, but for the players, I don't think 
players have had as much power if it weren't for, or players wouldn't have as much power if it weren't for these agents, actually, as well. You know, securing image rights, securing all sorts of deals, adding all the clauses and all that kind of stuff. You know, you're not going to find one club players anymore. One club players were rare before. And now you're still not going to see them. And those are the players that tend to, you know, manage themselves or have their brother managing them and that's it. But nowadays, it's, it's just not going to happen. And footballers are going to make the most out of their short careers. So you can understand why they would go for someone like uh, Raiola. I mean, you know, funny story. Lingard went with Raiola last, last, last year, then he split with him. I'm not sure if he thought he was going to get something huge, some big deal out of it or something. But, you know, that's, it's Lingard, isn't it? And Lingard, talking about Lingard, um, well, he's got nothing to do with England. But he, well, then again, no, he played, didn't he? I think he played. I think he played last week. Um, the England national team. It is the international break. Let's spend uh, the next couple of minutes. I've, 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 I wanted to label the show, actually, England, um, a series of wasted talent. That's what I wanted to actually name the show. And then I, I decided I was going to speak about racism and whatnot. But it's, I mean, growing up... Um, I've seen many super talented, you know, coveted, renowned, world-class, some would say, English players. And I've never seen them being used properly by the England setup. And I've just never been able to put my finger on why. That's if, that's if whether you're a supporter of England or whether you're not. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I agree with you, and. It's funny because some people will say England don't produce those type of players. No, they do, but they don't get used properly. You know, England produce the world-class players. There's always going to be someone with world-class potential. But I think England managers, they have a lot of emphasis on certain attributes of certain players. So when you do get a player who has that, that, that talent and that, that, that class in him, they don't, they, they, it kind of gets overlooked for me and they kind of get sidelined. And obviously, depending on their personality as well, they, they, can, they can get pushed out. And I think that's what it is because obviously, in, um, the, the general people that have certain attributes, they're hardworking, they're strong, good in the air, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. uh, good stamina. But then you always get that one England player that he's not really about that. But because, because, um, most English managers want that. Those players kind of get sidelined. And the only reason why some of those players are getting a bit of play now is because you've got foreign managers in the Premier League. And when I say I'm talking about club football, but in the national team now, in my opinion, it might improve because, you know, some of these managers, they've mixed around a lot of foreign players and foreign managers. and You know, they've been around a little bit. But at the same time, there's still an element of that. I mean, I look at Mason Greenwood. Uh, I think Mason Greenwood can fit in that bracket, but Mason Greenwood, again, he's not getting... He, I fear that he may not get used properly in that cell for his talent. talent. And, mm-hmm. um, well, if you've got, if you've got Mr., 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 Mr. England, Harry Kane at the top, then I don't think anybody's getting in. Um, he's always... A, this is, you know, that, you know, that's a good point right there. Favoritism, 
that's what I think has killed the England team over the years. Favoritism. Um, playing players when they have no right to play. None. Zero. I mean, I remember in the World Cup, and let's not kid ourselves. I'm, I'm an England supporter, right? I, I will follow the national team when they play and when they're in the tournaments or whatnot. But that World Cup run that we had, if, if I go back on it, as gassed as I was throughout it, we had rubbish teams to play against and we didn't play fantastically well against them. Um, uh, Harry Kane got a load of tap-ins or penalties, I can't even remember. And he played the wrong players constantly, the manager. Constantly played um, uh, players like Eric Dyer. I, I, to this day, when I see Eric Dyer, I just get frustrated. I think he's such a terrible footballer. Um, and playing Harry Kane when he's clearly injured. Um, he, you know, it's, it's, it's these, these kind of decisions that just puzzle me. And now you've got Southgate playing defensive football, regardless of where he goes. It's like, it's like Ali's rubbed up rubbed and on it's him. funny because I see this England team now and let me be honest with you, they have a lot of those type of players. Not necessarily world-class, but they, they're not typical English Jack Grealish. Golden. Yeah, Jack Grealish, Mason Mount, Mason Mount, Jaden Sancho. Like a, what, like a Brazilian slash Dutch fullback. He's not like an English fullback. At all. Uh, Who? Um, sorry? Trent, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. Oh, Trent. Yeah, These yeah. players, but when I look at them, to be honest, this is one of the, this is one of the best England teams I've seen in a long time. But again, I'm thinking to myself, with a good manager that knows how to use these players, these guys can win something. But when you've got an England manager that, because it's in our blood, to be honest, it's in our blood. You know, we love a good tackle. You know, we love, we love, you know, some effort there. But there has to be fun. Yeah. No, but you know what, though? We love that. We like, we like that because that's what we're shown as, or that's what's shown to us to be the right thing. And now, you, thank you, thank you for mentioning that because where did you get that from? You got that from youth football, actually. You got that. You get that from yeah. grassroots. I remember my manager. Uh, I I started up. I was playing centre back like under 16s, and I remember a manager. He saw that one of the players that was playing against us was uh, quite good. Put it that way. Decent player. I can't remember if he was a striker or if he was a midfielder. And he said, listen, listen, go out there, sort him out. If you get a card, I'll pay you fine. You know what I mean? That, his, thing, his thing was, listen, do him and I'll pay you fine. He said, but if you get a red, I'm not paying it. You understand? And that is the attitude that is, that is coached. You could say coached at that level. So that, that's one thing. The first aspect is grassroots coaching. You know, where, where, where is it going to go? And again, within, I mean, I didn't play football at any high level whatsoever. But at one stage, I got um, into county, county trials. And I just remember that the, one, of the, one of my friends who also, who also had some experience, he, he actually played at Tottenham um, for a little while. And he told me, he was a centre-back, and he said, listen, he said, all the centre-backs, the one, they're tall and they can kick the ball pretty far. And he said they can head the ball very well. He said they're slow. They don't have the best stamina. 
they don't have the best fitness, you know, they don't they don't look after themselves. But if they can do all of that and they're built like a brick house, he said that's when they want you. And I saw that in I I, I never forget, I never forget. My first trial I scored um I went I went there with the goalkeeper and the centre back, my friend and myself. We were all sent by our school to the trial. And my friend ended up in goal against me and I scored a hat trick past him. Um, which is which is, you know, that was never a nice it's not a nice bus journey home when he knows he flapped it. Um and then uh in the next trial though, they put me up front with this uh tall white guy, I can't remember his name. And I spoke to him at the start of the game, like, you know, telling them, listen, I don't want the ball in the sky. Put it on deck, through balls and a lot. I received nothing. Nothing at all. And there was one chance in a game. And I must admit, I missed my chance. You know, like when the ball fizzes across goal. And there's like, you know, you know how proper Sunday league, there's like a ditch in front of the goal filled with water. And... I, you know, by rights, I'm supposed to slide through all of that and put my foot on it and get it in the back of the net. I know I should. And I didn't at the time. And I knew my chance was gone. But this player, um, uh, he knew all the coaches. And that bothered me from the get-go. They knew, they knew, but everyone knew each other by name and all this kind of thing. And I felt like, listen, you've got to be amazing for them to even notice you because they're already looking at Chris or or Sanity or whatever. They're already looking at the guy already because they know him from before. You know, maybe he's been maybe he's been part of the setup. So there's quite a few problems in just the grassroots level of English football. And then you go up, you know, the example that I you know, after the World Cup, I think I did some proper soul searching with regarding England. And what 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 struck me was in Germany. Germany was the example that I wanted to uh, I want England to mimic, and that is the league. In the German league, it's mostly German players. And German players are playing all over the league, first-team football, all the time. This, I'm sure they bought in some kind of quota or something like that, right? Now, the Premier League, because it's so massive and because, you know, there's so much money in it, there's a lot of foreign players. And there's nothing wrong with foreign players. My club's doing well because of foreign players. But the England team suffers, in my opinion. The England team suffers because not a lot of the, the English players or the players that are eligible for England get to play. You know, you know uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, 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 you know, if, you want, if you went to the England first team, you'd find that most of them play for their clubs, first team football. But go just beyond that, and you'll find that none of them do. Yeah, that's that's. A, and that's the problem. It's like you said, that it's um, it's because of the the influx of foreign players, and they they bring so much attention to the to league. Um, but what I what I think mm-hmm. England players should start doing, and I know I know it's not as easy as that. Is then they need to start going abroad, and. Oh yes, because yes. as you can see, like I give San- Sancho a good example. Yeah, he's not having a season, but yep. if Sancho didn't go abroad, would we really be raving about him? Kieran Trippier has gone abroad. I mean, not yet, not yet, yeah. anyway. Roughly. Sure, yeah. Trippier has gone abroad. Um, uh, um, you know, this is not 
this is not um, English, but Gareth Bale is Welsh, but he went abroad and he's made his name bigger. I think a lot of those in British players that are like that, they go abroad. Lineker. You know? Lineker, exactly. Barcelona. These guys made their name. And I think with, I think it's it's something uh, with a lot of British people where they don't really like to get out of their comfort zone and go abroad and learn the language. It takes a certain type of British person to do it, but British people, I think, uh, those players, they need to start embracing that a bit more because some of them, for me, could... Some of them, for me, their place is not in the Premier League. It's abroad somewhere in the Spanish League and they can make their name there and it would make the England team actually better. And I feel like in this tournament, you'll see um, certain elements from certain footballers come out in that team and it will fit the team, like mm-hmm. from Sancho. But it's not it's not going to be great, but you're going to see it. Sancho, you see Sancho play. No, we already we already do it. We already do see it because those players that they're coming now, because they're coming with foreign managers that have managed them in their clubs and they play around with foreign players all the time, they come to the England camp with that elite level mindset or with that just like 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 how Manchester United players go to England teams. You know, they're winners puffing out your chest when you're walking into the camp because you know that you know we won the league this year again. You know, and you got your Sterlings come in and that are just, you know, just well beaters at the moment, stuff like that. No, no doubt. But going abroad, you're you're right, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. So many players I just wished. You know, one thing, even though he was, you know, Manchester United great, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and he will go down as a Manchester United legend anyway, Wayne Rooney. I think Wayne Rooney could have completely smashed in every other league around the world. Rooney Any wasn't really uh, he was he, he had that that English ten, 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 tenacious nature about it, but he was a very skillful player and he was a very um sort of uh, yeah, yeah. I like I like you know when you think of like a a French player, Rooney was very similar to that in that he had that talent about him, but in mm. the in the Premier League, I feel like he didn't fulfill his full potential. If he went abroad, I feel like he mm-hmm. went to a different level. Because he, for me, he could have been on the same level as Ronaldo and Messi. People don't really realise how good he actually was because he stayed at my... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say down to the Ronaldo and Messi level, but I do believe for sure his career could have been a lot more... What's the word? What's the word? I mean, wh- how can you say it could be better than having been a record goal scorer for Manchester United? the record England scorer. And, you know, it's, it's crazy in the amount of titles he won and Champions Leagues, Champions Leagues, whatnot. I mean, I still believe, yeah. There were times when he was linked with clubs like Barcelona. There were times he was linked to big clubs, you know, away from Manchester United. And as an England supporter, I would have loved him to go. As a Man United fan, I didn't want him to go anywhere. Uh, well, actually, in the last year, he needed to get lost because he wasn't doing anything useful for us. But like, I really wish that players like Jack, uh, Jack Grealish, players like um, Lamptey at Brighton, I think he's, I think he's amazing. Um, you know, who else can I think of? Mason Mount. I mean, Mason Mount is proving critics wrong all over the place at the moment. But uh, he's another... Um, and I'm sure we've got others. And I've always mentioned, you know, I've always that, said you know, this. You uh, probably have. Um, truth, you may disagree with me, but I think love.
I believe. Uh, say again. Love this Ruben. Love this cheek. Could you say that again? You, you just cut out. You cut out. I just I lost it. I believe. I can hear you now, yeah. Ruben yeah, yeah. his cheek is another one. I do not believe he's an English type. When I watch him play, he's like, he's like a, he's like a Pogba, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Tory. That from not he doesn't play like them, but he's very, he's a graceful, um, thinking type footballer. To, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I just don't see it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it, man. I just don't see it, like. Yeah, I know. I think it's though. I know what you're saying about like you know, like because he's a big guy as well, like big, graceful. He's a good passer of the ball, but I just don't see him like. Where is he now? Was, was he playing for Fulham? He was on Fulham. He's on loan. He's on loan. Did they sell him? You know how Chelsea are. They just loan the players out every. Yeah, I think he's on loan. I think he's on loan, but I just don't see him getting uh, into that no. Chelsea team ever. He's Can't see it. And for me, like, if you need to be breaking into those teams. But, again, if you can't find your way in the top teams in England, go somewhere else. Go on, go to France. Go across the road or across the channel or wherever. You know, go to Spain um, or something like that and go, you know, go and enrich yourself. Go and, go and, go and make a life out there in sunny Spain. And, you know, you know that's, that's what the players need to do. That's what they need to do. But also, I'm a, bit ad, a big advocate of... We should be looking at championship players. And that's it's, it's something that doesn't happen because it's like an elitist mentality thing that, oh, but it's championship, though. Why would we go to the championship? We've got so many English players in the Premier League. But yeah, the English players in the Premier League aren't getting you anywhere. You know why? Because you take them all and you try to mash them together and it doesn't work. Remember we had the, we had the Steven Gerrard and Lampard for years. I hate it. There's nothing Yeah. Yeah, them two together in the same team is horrible. Yeah, I hate you, that man. And even towards the end, if even towards the end when Gerard turns into a defensive midfielder, didn't like that either. I just felt like it's not, it's not really natural. Wayne Rooney even ended up being centre mid again. Didn't see it, didn't understand it. That for me was favouritism right there. Actually, with Wayne Rooney, I felt like he was only being dragged through to get over the line in terms of the record goals. That's it. He he had no right being in the English squad, none. But for some reason, he made it every um every international break or whatever. <sighs> yeah, oh, all this England talk is gonna be depressed. To be fair, if I'm honest with you, when I look at this team, I think they might do well because I don't I don't see a team oversaturated with workman like players who are just gonna go on go on a pitch and run twelve miles a game. I see. I see a lot more talent there. And and the team's young as well. And you've obviously got if Yeah, but we see we see talent. We see talent in the Man United squad. We see talent in the Man United squad. If the man guiding them, if, if the man guiding them, yeah, but but I think I think Southgate, you know, excuse my language, is a bit of a wally himself, to be honest. Because I don't think he knows how to get the best out of these players. He's not really a... He's not the, you know, the, the, the kind of... When you think of a manager, a top manager, it, it, these kind of guys don't really come to mind. They don't have that aura about them, that know-how. When, when I see them, they, they're kind of like... Yeah. I can imagine them as assistant managers. They're just too quiet, too passive. Exactly. And that's, that's my problem. That's my problem right there with England. 
It's a never-ending tragic love story, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Um, I want to wrap up, wrap up there. It's been a good show. Um, just under an hour. Um, thank you, AK. I think we should. Um, I don't even know what the next United game is. I can't wait for the international break to finish. Um, just before the next United game, I think we should get another show going, a preview. Uh, hopefully before the game. Um, but it's been a pleasure, good sir. It's been a pleasure. And I'll oh, catch up with you again. Take care, yeah. Take care. Take care, people. Yeah. See you later.